All right, before I kick off just this, this message here, I want to just point out that there are, you see, everyone sees tickets in their seats or near them, right? Before we get going here, I want everybody to see if, if you may need to go an aisle in front of you or go over, I want everyone to get a, a roll of these tickets. Can you do that? At the end of the service, we're going to do something with these. They're not bow ties. Raise your hand if you need one, and I'll... Everyone's good with... All right, perfect. Well, before we get in the Word this morning, let's go ahead and uh, we'll just open up in prayer here. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for your Word. I thank you for this opportunity to come together. Father, I thank you for your presence. Father, I thank you that you are not far off, but that you are here and you are near. Lord, I ask that you would order my words as I speak, and Father, you would open the hearts or hold open the hearts of the receivers today, Father. And Father, that we would hear what you have to say, and then we would receive it, and we would do something with it, Father. To that aim, we play our part here this morning to your glory, Father. We ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, I love the opportunity to be here. I love that Cornell's at the Dallas Cowboys football game today because it provides me this opportunity. He may be a season ticket holder next year. I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't fight me on that. We would just fight on who's going to the games. Uh, today's message we're going to talk about is finishing strong. As we come to the last day of 2023, right, I'm... Um, I think of the New Year's resolutions that we maybe that we laid out early this year. And I just want to tell you that you've got 13 hours and 26 minutes to fulfill those resolutions. So you may want to skip lunch. You may want to skip dinner. You may, you may have some real, some real hustle to step into when we leave here. Or maybe you need to leave here now to finish those. I don't know. But uh, Godspeed with that. I mean, if you've made those resolutions, I'm not a big resolutions person. I'm a, God, what do you have for me this year or this next year? And I want to walk that out. But um, today I don't want to talk about finishing strong for 2023. My aim is to talk about finishing strong in this relationship with him, this, this mission or this purpose that he has for us as the sons and daughters of God. Back in mid-October when I was before y'all, the last time I was here uh, with the microphone, we talked about time. And today I'm going to talk, we're going to follow, I'm going to follow up on that and, you know, making observation, being mindful of the times that we live in. So as we think of finishing strong, we want to be mindful of that, be mindful of the time, be mindful of what's aware around us, be mindful of where we are in this relationship with the Lord and then do something with what he's charged us with, this call. When I think about finishing strong, I think about just one, the word finish, right? As I, as I looked it up in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the word finish means to bring, to, a, to bring a task or an activity to an end, 
to bring something to full completion, to come to the end of an undertaking. We've all completed things. We all have things to, to complete, right? But I think about when I think about the word just finished, the first thing that popped in my mind was Jesus on the cross when he said it is finished. Right? There's things that we, that we finished today that are, they're going to, they're going to be gone, right? Heather can finish making a great meal and we're going to consume it and it's, it's over, right? There's just dirty dishes. But there's something that Jesus did for us that when it was finished, it was amazing. It is amazing. It wasn't just was amazing. It's still amazing, right? What did Jesus mean when he said it is finished? What was he saying? He was saying that the price of redemption, the price to redeem you and I was complete. The check cleared, right? It was, instead of being far from God, right? As, it, they, the, as men of old and women of old in the Old Testament were, where when there was sin and there was sin, the sins were placed upon, well, there was a lamb that was sacrificed and then that, the, that sin represented in blood was put on, a, on, a, on an animal and then an animal was sent out to never be seen again, right? Just to die. And the following year that had to be done over and over again. It was just pushed forward. But in Christ, the perfect lamb, the lamb of God, it was finished. There was no longer a need for that activity, that behavior. And instead of just being pushed forward, we were free, right? Because of the work of the cross, because of the open grave that death could not hold him, we became free from the bondage of sin. It used to be, and you've heard me say, it used to be that I was bound to sin. It wasn't if I was going to sin. It was what sin was I going to do? But, and as a, as a person who has accepted Christ, I can still choose to sin, but it's a choice now in the sense that I can walk in righteousness. I can walk in, in, in who Christ says that I am, but I can choose that. But even if I were to choose it, I can walk back in redemption because of the cross, right? I have that. So when we think of freedom or we think of uh, finished, we think of, I think of what Jesus did on the cross and that, that work is finished. What's not finished is what we're called to do with it. The other word that there is strong. Here's the definition of strong. It says having an intentional, forceful manner, having might, having great physical strength or having moral or intellectual strength or one who has great resources. Right? To be strong is to be, um, again, I think of mighty. It's to be intentional. Right? It's, it's not easy. Someone who is strong is not easily opposed. Right? I think of somebody who's a good fighter, I think twice about fighting, right? My dad used to tell us if you see a, someone with those cauliflower ears, you know, um, or beat up knuckles, <laughs> think twice before messing with that person. They're strong. They know some things. They've seen some things, right? There, there, there's might there. So we want to be strong. We want to finish strong. The question is, is what are we finishing? Well, we're called, we have a mission, right? I'm a, we're going to go through some scriptures here in just a minute. 
But we're called to finish. There's a mission that we're called to finish. Before we get to that, though, when I think about uh, finishing strong, there's, there's two different word pictures I'm going to give us here. One is that of a, of a baseball pitcher. I've got a younger brother that during his younger years was a, college, was, was a baseball pitcher. And then I've got a nephew that was a pitcher. And there, there's, a certain, there's numerous t- types of pitchers in, in, in baseball. But there's a specific pitcher called a closer. Right? And sometimes you'll see a, a coach um, call out from, you know, a, a closer to come and finish the game. And the, time, the reason that a, a coach would call for a closer to finish the game is because his team is winning. The opponents are losing. And that closer's job is just to close out the game. To pitch. If he comes out in the end of the seventh inning or the bottom of the seventh, he's got three innings to close out that game. He's got nine batters to get out or nine batters to not let get a run. So his team's winning. He calls for the closer to come out and close the game to get his team back in the dugout or back on the bus, back on the plane with a win. His aim is just to finish the game, to finish strong. That's what we're called to. We're called to finish strong. We're called to take the mission and grab the win. Right? Because Jesus has already won. The work of the cross is already finished. It's complete, but it's left to us to do what we're called to do with it. So in our generation, in our time, we're called to do something with it. And our aim is to finish strong, to, to close out this gift of life in a manner that is edifying and glorifying to God. So I don't know if you all ever get this. I'm, uh, sometimes if I'm scrolling Facebook, I'll get these little pop-up ads for vitamins. You know, take this pill and your arteries will automatically be cleansed. Take this pill and you can have this amazing body. You don't have to go. To, you don't have to run. You don't have to go to the workout. You don't. Your body will just begin to sink up and be just the man you were supposed to be will form while you sleep, right? I'm looking for that pill. I pop up because I'm looking, right? So, if I could buy a, a bottle of Finish Strong, <laughs> I have this wonderful description of it. If I could buy Finish Strong in a bottle, I believe that the label would read this. Its contents inside includes a large dose of grit, determination, and intentionality, all mixed in with wisdom, experience, humility, and discernment. If I could buy a box or a, a, a bottle of Finish Strong, I would, but I can't, right? And nor can you. For the things that we need to finish strong in, there's not a bottle or a pill for Right, there's not, frankly, there's not even an app for, right? We can use our Bible apps. We can use uh, some tools to motivate us, to encourage us to finish strong. But there's nothing that's going to, to that we're going to just going to be able to take orally that's going to help us, you know, finish the way that we need to. For the application that is needed for us, we can only get it through consistent engagement with God, through Jesus Christ, engagement with the Holy Spirit, and the body of believers. Right? We need each other. 
if we're going to finish strong, and we are going to finish strong, we need each other. We can't run off and do it on our own. I don't know anybody who has successfully done that because it doesn't work. We need this relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's not just a relationship with God. There's only one way to access God, and that is Jesus Christ. Right? When he left, he ascended to heaven. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit and all that the Holy Spirit brings, and we need the body of Christ. For us to finish strong, we have to know what the assignment is, right? So we can, we can run, but I mean, we're, well, there's an actual race that we're called to run, right? We don't just run aimlessly, right? We aim, we run towards a purpose. Here's what Paul says in Acts 20, 24. He says, but I do not account that my life, excuse me, but I do not count my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only that I may finish the course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. To finish the course. To bring it to completion. I like to think of complete the assignment. Finish the ministry I receive. That's what he says here. To finish my course and the ministry. So you can say, to finish the ministry that I, Paul, received from the Lord Jesus. That's us too, right? That assignment's also for us. To testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Solemnly, I like this, the definition of this, the word solemnly. To be serious and dignified in both appearance and behavior. You guys that know me know that I like to laugh and cut up, but there's things that we don't get to laugh and cut up about, right? There's, there's times to be solemn and serious, right? This is one of those times is reflect upon what the call of God is for us and how we're going to handle it, how we're going to finish. And as we, get, as we do this object lesson here in a little while, we're going to really be able to take in what time we have left to finish what he's called us to do. May I offer to you that this assignment, as Paul is saying here, to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God, that's our ministry too. It's what we've been redeemed into. It's the Great Commission in Paul's vernacular. It's, it's his words. Right, we're going to read the Great Commission here in a few minutes, but this is Paul's version of the Great Commission. And as we go throughout the New Testament, well, actually, so much of the Bible, it's what this is, right? There's the, in the Old Testament, we have this promise of the Savior to come, right? We have the history of the fall of man and God's effort to redeem, or God's intentions of engaging man and re, promising, there's been prophecies of the redemption of man, and then Jesus shows up at just the right time, right? And then that, that mantle, that responsibility of what we do with Jesus is set upon us. So whether it's the Old Testament where it's promising it or the New Testament where we're we see it and we get to experience it and we see great men of old, what they've done with it, right? And we follow in their footsteps, right? We take that mantle, it says it's been placed on us for our generation and say, I'll run with it. 
I'll do something with it. That's the aim. That's the mission. He says, Paul also says in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, he says, and he gave, he gave the, them or gave us the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers to equip the saints. Who are the saints? That's us, right? There's a mandate there that we're supposed to be equipped and being equipped for the building up of the body of Christ. So it's very interesting. So we're being equipped for something, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain, we all, not just me, not just a couple of us, but we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. I think that word knowledge there is not just intellectual knowledge, it's this experiential knowledge. It's this, I don't know him, I know him, right? It's a knowing of, as I've said before, it's kenoso, it's this knowing of after the wedding, right? I knew Heather, but after the wedding, I knew Heather, right? There's this knowing that's there, this knowledge of that we're invited to. Do we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood? In today's vernacular, we might say personhood, okay, so that both genders feel okay. <laughs> to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Just think about that picture, just that one line right there. To the measure of the stature, just think of the stature of, of the fullness of Christ. Holy man, holy God. That's what we're being invited to. That's what we're being discipled into. That's what we're being matured into. That's the ministry. That's the work of the ministry. That's what the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, that's the role, our role here is to equip or to develop. And as I was thinking about this, Anybody who's been here at the church for any length of time, I would tell you, if you take inventory of, let's just say 2023, and you can't look back from your relationship with us as, as the leaders of the church, and I believe that as ministry leaders, not just pastors, but whether it's youth leaders, whether it's house life leaders, if it's saints alive leaders, if you can, can't look back over your engagement with us, as leaders and say, I have grown, I have matured in some way, I've been challenged, and where I've taken the challenge, my life has been changed. If you can't say that, then I would offer that we have failed you. And that we should talk, we should, like an employee review, we should have a review of that, of what our relationship with you is. Because that is what we're called to do, that's what we're equipped to do, that's the mantle and the mandate of God for church leadership. That's our aim, our responsibility. If we do everything else but we fail there, we have failed you. Right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, even if you don't agree, disagree with me, or if you do agree with me, right? It's, it's, it's right here. Scripture says it. Paul also says in 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to speak of what he says here. Paul speaks of unbelievers. Those that are here on earth whose minds are blinded from the truth because the God of this world has veiled 
their minds. Can I offer to you that that's our ministry? That's our market? Can I take it a little further and tell you that that was us? Right? Before I knew Jesus, that was me. I, had, I was veiled. I couldn't see. My sin nature drove me. Right? Like my dog who likes to just get out and take off and just does by instinct what dogs do, my sin nature drove me to sin. I was a slave. I was bound to it. Again, it wasn't if I would sin, it was what sin would I do. But we are called, those who have Christ, that we're called to this ministry of reconciliation. And reconciliation stripped down this way is bringing the redemptive work of God through Christ Jesus to the unbeliever, to those that are bound by sin together. Can we make them choose? No, no one could make me choose either. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? But it's the responsibility of me and of you to say, God, I'm available. God, I yield to you. It's not about my quality of life. It's about my obedient life. And from that place, we make available all our our resources, right? My, our time, our talents, our experiences, resources, testimony, right? Maybe those places that sometimes we're ashamed to say where we've been. But God says, hey, that's actually the platform I want to talk to someone else about. You're going to have to be vulnerable and share your story. And we say, yes, Lord, I make all of me available to all of you. Romans 10, 14, and 15 says this here. How then will they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Just as I was reading through this earlier this week, it made me think of, we're supposed to be the pretty feet people. <laughs> we are. I mean, that's, right? when someone gets a hold of Christ, right? I've shared my testimony before of Scott Robbins and how dear he is to me. We're not that close today, but man, if I th even when I meet a Scott or a Scotty, I've got a couple of friends in my life, one of them is Scotty. And I mean, he gets a lot of credit with me just by his first name because I have so many great memories of what God did in my life through a Scott. But we're to be those people, to, whether it is to actually preach, right, with our words. We're definitely to preach with our lifestyle. We're absolutely supposed to preach with our in words of encouragement, right? To, again, as we bring our gifts and talents to bear to the will of God. If you have a gift of exhortation to exhort others, right? If you have a, a gift of, um, oh, my mind just went blank on, on gifts, of administration, then it, it is to administer, right? To say, God, here's, here are my gifts. I lay them down. They're yours to use. 
to your will, to your purposes. I don't take the gifts of God and say, how can I monetize this for me? How can I make this work for me? God, how can I make this work for you? And I lay it down, and in relationship, I obey. The mission, right, as we is to share the gospel, and the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. John, John 17, John said, or Jesus says it this way, this is the good news. Here's the scripture. This is eternal life, that they know you, the Father, he's referring to God, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you sent. Right? It's to take a people that are bound, they're veiled, right? When we were veiled, and we ask the Lord, God, would you use me to open their perspective that they may see Christ in me, the hope of glory, and they will get an eternal perspective, right? So that they will know they can really wrap their mind around eternity. Because the Bible says that God has put eternity in the hearts of men and we don't understand it. So when we can talk to someone, we can ask them about eternity. What does eternity look like to you? Well, I just think that we hit dirt and it's over. Well, that's not what the word says. That's what the creator says. And we can engage people there and we can say, God, I make myself available to that. I want to, I want my eternity to be secure. And guess what? When your eternity is secure, it's easier to live today. Right? I don't have to live in fear of what, of the unknown. Right? I can take the, the, the author of the book, I can take him at his word. And I can say, I believe and I accept the gift of Jesus Christ. I acknowledge I cannot do it on my own. I need Jesus. I needed Jesus. I still need Jesus. We have to embrace this mission of eternal life, of sharing that eternal life. And as we all look back on our own stories, somebody took this gospel and they shared it with us. They lived it in front of us, right? They, they put in the hours. They put in the work, if you will. They put in the words. They put in the tears. They heard the sad stories, the hard stories. And as I think about us finishing strong, that's what we're still called to do. If we're as young as Ruthie, I guess she went to class. <laughs> Or if we're as mature in age as Dale, this call hasn't changed. I've heard Dale say it over and over again. If I wake up today, he has a purpose for me. And I'm going to fulfill that purpose. And my call for us today is that we would just take inventory of this and we would do the same. I've got two more scriptures for us. Jesus says it this way. It's the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. He's not, may I offer that he's not inviting us to be weekend warriors. This isn't something we do on Sundays, but this is a lifestyle. If you go back and read the book of Acts, it says they added to their numbers daily. It wasn't a drive-in movie theater. It wasn't we sold so many tickets and then people went back to their life. Right? It was their lives were changed. They added to their numbers. 
Right? People got a hold of eternal life. They got a hold of the gift of Jesus Christ, and it changed their life. It changed the trajectory of their life. It changed the mission and purpose of their life. And it's not just for us to work for the Lord, but it is to work in relationship with the Lord. Right? He has called us to good works. Right? We're not supposed to just sit on our hands. Hey, I've got Jesus, and it's okay if it just dies with me. Uh, let my kids figure it out. You know, we don't treat it like the, do we, the, we do the national debt, right? Some other generation will figure that out. Hey, for us, it's this generation for us to figure it out. Whatever generation you find yourself in. And that we say, yes, yes, God, I'm committed to this. God, I won't let the investment that someone made in me stop with me. I won't let it die with me. I won't take the investment, what was deposited in me, and I will, I will be an investor in others. I know in my early years with the Lord, that's what I, one of the prayers of my life was, God, if you'll do it in me, I'll be an instrument that you will do it in others. My hope was, or then was that I could just do that in business, right? I wanted to be a generous giver, right, uh, and have a lot of money because money equaled security to me. From based upon my upbringing of what we didn't have. But it was a much sweeter experience to say, God, if I don't have money, if I'm not a business owner, if I'm not a, if I'm not a boss, God, it's enough just to be yours. Right? That was the, the word that the Lord gave me out of the Lord's prayer was, your kingdom come, your will be done. I had to, he said, son, lay down your, your desires and your efforts to build your own kingdom. Come serve, come work in my kingdom, right? All these kingdoms, they're being built, and they've built, built over the, 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 life, the, the, the lifetime of mankind. And at some point, our kingdom can get big enough that we go to war with God, right? But over, that, over the, t- the, the time of, of humanity of man, no kingdom has overcome him, right? So it's better for us just to lay down our tools, lay down our efforts and our desires to build our own kingdoms, and just say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you know how it is in heaven? Our old worship leader, Todd, used to say it this way. The way it is in heaven is God's will, God's way. Not my will, my way, or God's will, my way, but God's will, God's way. And I'm offering to you that that's, I'm asking us, to, we're going to do this little exercise, and we're going to take inventory of that. And we're going to say, God, I want to do it. I want to affirm or reaffirm my commitment to you. Or as a, one of the guys who bought one of our businesses said, he said, I want the team to double their efforts. <laughs> well, they're giving 100%. Well, I want them to double their efforts. That's my quest for us. I believe that that's Christ's quest for us. As we look into 2024, 25, 26, that we say, God, here I am. I may have retired from my job. Maybe I'm on a pension. Maybe I'm living off the investments that, I, that I've, I've been afforded, the good decisions that you've led me in. But I've not retired from this mission, this call, this purpose. As Dale has said, I have breath in my lungs. I woke up today. I'm going to engage the one who has redeemed me. That's the quest. And I think if we can embrace that, we can, if we will hold on to that, 
then we can take charge of what Paul said to Timothy. In 1 Timothy 6.12, he says, Timothy, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Take hold of it. Because maybe we've, maybe as we look over 2023, we see that we took our hands off some things. Maybe due to disappointment, maybe due to fatigue, maybe due to sickness. I don't know. Maybe we haven't fully recovered from from COVID yet. And all the, the abundance of time that we had uh, in COVID, through, the, through the COVID experience. But whatever those things that are that have hindered us or had us loosen our grip, I'm inviting you to take hold of it again. And to say, Lord, I'm reengaging. To do so, we have to be clear on our mission. I think we're clear on our mission. If we're not, I, I promise you, if you'll ask the Lord, Lord, what's the mission? He will stir that in you again. He's faithful to do that. Two, we have to bring our gifts, our talents, experiences, resources, time, right? As I get older, time becomes a great commodity. As we do this exercise here in a few minutes, we're going to really get a, a grasp of that. But we bring all that to say, Lord, I bring all that I have, all that I possess to the fulfillment of this mission. And then three, that we're 100% submitted to the Heavenly Father, His will, His way. I think of how many times I had really good ideas that didn't go anywhere. I read part of the instructions and have to undo the whole swing set or build because I didn't follow the instructions. I got ahead of myself. I had my own way. I saw the picture, right? I'm sure that I'm the only one who's ever done that. Amen. <laughs> yeah. But getting in, engaging God, right, as the heavenly father that he is and saying, I want to do the work. I want to do I'm committed to the mission, and I want to do it your way, right? It may mean, as Brittany was praying this morning, I was like, oh, Lord, help me keep it together. God, where I'm uncomfortable, and you call me to speak. When you call me to step out in those uncomfortable places, if you call me to share something I've been trying to hide, If you ask me to step out in faith and give something that I'm not comfortable giving. But I hear you saying it. That God, I'll climb out there, I'll obey you. I will grow and I will mature, right? I'm committed, God. When I give you me, whatever you need to form or whatever needs to be fashioned in me, right? If there's pruning that needs to go on. In me, I'm yours. I invite you to prune me. I invite you to further my education, further my skills. Add to what is here if that's what you desire, even if it means pain. Right? Not all hurt is harm. 
I'm about to get back in the gym and it's going to hurt. It's not going to harm me. I hope. So that's my quest for us. That's God's quest for us, more specifically, is that we embrace this mission, that we commit to finishing strong. What I want us to do now is I want us to take these right here, these little bow ties, and I want you to take the rubber band off of them. It's going to be really fun. So everybody got their rubber band off? Let me get you to stand up. We're going to unroll these things and we're going to need a little bit more room. All right, so now I want you to do this. I want you to unroll this thing. Look at this. This is a hundred tickets. And I'm going to offer to you that each of these tickets represents a year. Okay? So what I want you to do is I want you to go and find, look at the last two digits. And I want you to find the, the number that represents your age today. I know, I know, I know. Keep going, Dell. You'll find it. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to rip it yet. I just want you to put your... your your hands on the day of, of the year that you are now. Mm -hmm. All right. We got a bingo back here. Okay, guys, I've got a, a, a uh, maybe it's an exciting and maybe it's a sad, maybe it's a celebratory statistic for you. The average life expectancy of a, an American male. Do you all know what that number is? 74. So if you're holding a number that's over, if you're a male and you're holding a number that's over 74, praise the Lord. The average age of an American female, anyone want to guess what that is? It's 80, that's right. So guys, what I want you to do is I want you to take the number that you are, and if you're a male, I want you to find 74. If you're a female, I want you to find 80. And I want you to bring those two together. So I want you to take set your, your date, and then if you're 74 as a man, put your other hand on 74. And if you're a lady, I want you to take it and put it on 80. And then I want you to bring them together, and I want you to tear off everything under your age and everything over 74 or 80, depending on your gender. Okay? There you go. So you're going to end up with your, your age, 74 or 80, depending on your gender, okay? All right, we're still tracking? Okay. Hey, guys. Everything under the age of you today, that's your past. We can't change it. Right? You've lived it. Whether we've lived it well or we've lived it not so well, it's over. It's gone, right? 
We can't, we can look back. God can redeem those things, right? Nothing's lost with the Lord, but we can't lose ourselves there. We have to focus in on today, this year, and what's ahead. Here's the reality. We're not promised the end of today. If you're over 74 or 80, depending on your gender, you've beat the American odds, right? We can thank the Lord for that. He still has work for you to do. You're here before me today. He has purpose for you, plans for you, right? good for you, not evil. My quest is that we take this, this thing here, these tickets that represent the time that we may or may not have left, and we, we're going to bring them together, and we're going to offer these afresh to the Lord. So however you want to do that, if you want to wind that up, you want to roll it back up, maybe there's just one or two there that you can roll up. I don't know. Again, my aim is not for us to take a sad inventory of the few days that we have left, right? Or to look at where we are as, the, as a world and go, maybe my son at 15 goes, I'm never going to see 80. The world is on fire, right? It's not for us to move into to depression or to, to panic. It's just to be able to take this, these tickets that represent time and say, God, whatever time I have left, I yield again. Or maybe for the first time, if it is, I want to talk to you. But I yield this time to you. I take this time. I embrace, I engage the mission. And I say yes to you again. Amen. So I've got a little prayer I want us to do here. I, I, I do this in, in counseling appointments. I do this with our Teen Challenge guys sometimes. I'm going to ask us to take whatever it is that this time is, and we're going to put it in our palm of our hands like this right here. Sometimes we have to do this with a part of our story. And God, here's my experience, but I, and I'm going to bring that experience, and I ask you to, to engage me here, to heal me here. But this, we're just going to bring this time. And I'm going to ask you to just agree with me in prayer. We're not all going to repeat this prayer, but I'm just going to ask you to agree with me in prayer. With our hands cupped, God, I am 100% clear on the mission. Where I'm not clear, I ask that you would make it clear. God, I'm all yours. My gifts, my talents, my time, my resources, my experiences, and yes, my testimony. They are all yours. God, I'm 100% all in to finish strong. I ask that you would lead and I will follow. You say go and I will go. You say speak and I will speak. God, please convict my heart of choices, of behaviors, of habits, and sin that have compromised my fulfilling your call on my life. God, I repent. 
I want to start anew with you as the leader of my life again. I want to take hold of this. God, please wash over me with the joy of my salvation again. That I can get excited about salvation, the gift that you have provided in Jesus Christ. God, let the good news of the gospel be my living inspiration. Holy Spirit, nudge me when I'm tempted to sin and convict me when I do. Don't leave me there. Convict me. I'm committed to you fulfilling your perfect will for my life. It's yours. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Guys, that's my aim for us, right? Wherever we read in the scripture, it's to this end. If we're the lost, we need him. And if we're the found, we're called to herald him. It's not that complicated. You're welcome to leave the tickets. I've got a great son who loves to clean up the sanctuary. <laughs> but let me offer something to you. If you've got tickets, this represents my past. Life, time spent, life lived. If you look over your life and you can say, hey, it's, I'm challenged. It's hard to live the life that I'm called to live because there's something in my past. Or there's some experiences, some traumas, some pain, some bad decisions, or some, something that's happened to me, some things that have happened to me that are hindering me or they're challenging me to move forward wholly and completely with the Lord. I'm asking you to fulfill, to grab a, a what are they called? On the back of the seat there. Connect card or prayer card. And you just feel free to write, I need to talk. And give me a phone number or an email address and a name. And myself or Cornell or one of our ministry leaders will reach out to you this week. Because what I found in my own story is that God redeems our past. He doesn't just take us the way that we are. He, he does do that, but he doesn't leave us there. He heals us. He restores us. Right? He brings us back. He makes us whole again. And that's our aim, to be a part of that in your story. You want to come up here with me? I'm going to close this with a blessing. I had this experience at, a, at another church years ago, and I, I loved it. You want to pray for us first? I don't have a microphone. But... I don't have a microphone. So no. Pray with me. All right. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Lord, on a side note, I thank you for my wife that I get to do this, this mission with. Lord, it's our aim to fulfill your purposes, your plans, your call in our lives. Father, for our generation. And Father, it's our charge to even raise our children in the fear and the admonition of you that they will fulfill your plans and purposes for their generation. Father, to that aim we work. But as a church, we do the same. 
Father, as church leaders, our commitment is to equip the saints. Father, to lead from the front, to be chief servants. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we ask that you would receive our prayer today. Father, our commitment to redeeming the time and finishing strong. And Father, that, that you would hold us to that and we would fulfill our commitment to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the blessing. In Numbers 6, 24 through 26, it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Yes. Go take on your day and go in peace. Knowing that your heavenly father is, loves you and he is for you. And he is looking forward to doing the great works with you. Amen. All right. Have a blessed last 12 hours or 12 and a half hours of 2023. And a blessed 2024.